uh, you know, like to cover my background at the beginning that I was in corporate marketing for over 12 years. Um, I managed teams. It was extremely stressful. And that's kind of what started my journey of, you know, getting to where I am now because I was having just a ton of health, um, well, stress-related health issues. And so that's what made me want to begin, you know, on this journey that I am now. So at the end of 2019, that is when I started the journey to become a yoga and meditation teacher. Um, and so a little bit more about my why, because I dealt more with more of the physical manifestations of stress. Um, but I have had a lot of family members and friends who dealt with more of like the severe mental health challenges, um, like schizophrenia and bipolar disorder, and um, some of which I believe manifested from, you know, lesser uh, type issues like anxiety and depression that kind of manifested into uh, some of the more severe mental health challenges. So I think you know, there, there's definitely um, connections there. And I think that the brain can only withstand so much, really. Um, and so I think that if I can try to help people before it manifests in some, into some of these other issues, um, then hopefully, you know, it can be helpful for people. So that, that is my big why of, you know, why I want to do this work. And so, um, I kind of covered this a little bit in my social posts, but what meditation is just very like on a very simple level is just focus of attention and your observational focus of that attention. Like what can you learn from uh, what you are observing? And so anxiety, because I like to start with a definition um, just so we're all on the same page of what it is. So the Oxford Dictionary says that it is a mental condition that is characterized by excessive apprehensiveness about real or perceived threats, typically leading to avoidant behaviors and often to physical symptoms, such as increased heart rate, muscle tension, um, all of that. Hi, Crystal. Saying hello. <laughs> See that Crystal joined. Um, so I'm just going through right now um, the definition of anxiety. So, um, but anxiety is not inherently bad. So I know that's kind of weird for people to hear, but it's not inherently bad. So it's really just information. Um, so your senses are heightened, but usually you're anxious and worried because it's also linked to you being a sensitive person and an empathetic person. Um, so don't think just because you're anxious about something that, oh, something's wrong or like you're broken, um, uh, because that is just kind of part of life. So you just need to observe it and then take it as information. And what do you do next with that information? So, um, just on a statistics level, so about 31%, um, of adults have anxiety. And I think that's just from, what you know i guess statistics of what people have said but i think that it is much much higher um than that but that is kind of what what the studies show right now that it's about 31 percent, which is still a lot so like basically one in three people um deal with some type of anxiety 
Uh, and then there are several different types of anxiety disorders. So there's just a generalized anxiety disorder. So that's just where you're excessively worrying without you know, any reason. Um, there are panic, panic disorders. So that is um, for people who deal with panic attacks. And uh, I know that is very common. I was on a plane with a friend recently, just last year, who was having a panic attack on a plane, which is like one of the worst places <laughs> to have a panic attack, but it happens. Um, and then there's social anxiety disorder, uh, where people have anxiety over social situations. Um, and then there's PTSD, which is attached to a traumatic event. And there's obsessive compulsive disorder. So that's having you know, the compulsions or obsessions. And then there are phobias where people have this intense fear of like a specific object or a situation. Um, so I also want to talk about what anxiety does to the body. Because I think if you understand also what it does to the body, then it kind of helps you to try to bring yourself down quicker because then you understand like what's going on internally. So basically it really wreaks havoc on your nervous system, like having prolonged anxiety. So your brain, as you know, complicated and complex and intricate as it is, it actually doesn't know the difference uh, between something that you're imagining and what's actually happening in front of you. So for example, have you ever heard someone, and it gets type a Y if you have, so both on Zoom or on the live, um, have you ever heard someone talking about like ice or something cold and you've gotten like a chill or goosebumps? Has that ever happened to any of y'all? Basically where it's like you have a thought and then it produces like an actual reaction in your body. So that's how you know that everything is all connected. Um, so yes, okay. Uh, all right, so your stress hormones, when they flood your system, they can uh, lead you to have like heart palpitations, increased inflammation, which inflammation in the body has been linked to almost every disease, um, but in prolonged anxiety can um, increase inflammation in your body, metabolism issues, which can affect your weight. You can have that pins and needles feelings and aches, body aches, feeling lightheaded, sweating, digestive issues, insomnia, fatigue, shortness of breath. So all these different issues can come from having anxiety. So um, it's not just a thing that's in your head. It's something that manifests itself in the body. So the number, uh, so the, now I'm going to talk about like different ways that you can combat anxiety because I don't think it's just one approach that you can take to combat dealing with anxiety. Um, so number one, I want to start with making sure you're checking your health um, and medication screenings, like anything that you're taking um, and making sure you try to get a physical, do your blood work at least on a yearly basis because things change in your body from time to time to time, just depending on what is going on um, in your life at the time. So I, uh, at the end of last year, when I had um, had a medical situation I was dealing with, I found out that I had low potassium. Well, it doesn't sound like it's that serious of a thing. Um, it's called hypokalemia, 
But I found out potassium actually regulates your heartbeat. So if your potassium levels are too low or too high, you can have heart palpitations and that, or your heart can just stop basically. So that is something that I just never even would have known was a thing. And I was on the phone with someone today that's that a friend of theirs was in the hospital with the same thing with um, low potassium and was on the verge of potentially having a heart attack because of this low potassium. So um, you want to make sure that you also don't have anything medically going on um, that can contribute to your anxiety. Um, and I know I mentioned earlier that I've been dealing with TMJ with this issue in my jaw, but it was affecting my sleep. And so I was starting to have these anxious like thoughts and not knowing what was because I didn't know what was going on with me, but it was linked to something medical. So I say all that to say to make sure um, because sometimes anxiety is also information from your body. I think for me, it was like my body was trying to tell me something was wrong and it was just information. So, um, but it might misinterpret the signals as like you're in danger or something like that, but it's really, uh, it might be something medical that you need to check on. Um, I'm also gonna recommend that you have um, a therapist if you're comfortable with having a therapist or if that's something you might be interested in, um, just to help work through um, some of those more deeper challenges and all of that. So I know therapists that have their own therapists. So um, this is uh, recommended as well, just to keep your mental health in check, just like you would, you know, doing your fit and physical and going to your regular doctor. So now I'm going to transition to what I have put together as my Celesta Soul Meditation method. So my own method of kind of incorporating different techniques that I've used um, that, you know, you all can do you know, together with me or on your own. So the S uh, stands for sense. So this is basically using your senses. So using your senses is a really quick way to ground yourself when you're kind of having these thoughts or like something happens in the moment and it's like sending you into this like anxious spiral. Um, it helps you kind of calm your whole nervous system down, focusing on your senses. So there's you know, a couple easy, quick ways to do this, um, as well as focusing on your breathing because breathing signals to your body that you're safe enough to be present and in the moment and that you're not like in imminent danger. So it kind of tells your body like, okay, we're okay. We're fine. If you can take time to focus on your breath, because a lot of times you don't notice it, but when you're very stressed, you're breathing quicker and it's like shallow and you're kind of doing like these, um, like shorter breaths and you're not getting enough flow of oxygen to your body. And sometimes you can be doing this all the time and not even know, um, because a couple of years ago I, uh, went and got a massage, but this lady, she was into, um, meditations and things like that too. And during the massage, she had me focus on my breathing and I was starting to get dizzy. And I was like, why am I starting to get dizzy? And she was like, actually, you haven't been breathing properly for so long that just taking deep breaths, it's like your body is like flooded with more oxygen. 
So it's good to, you know, have this practice of paying attention to, you know, your breathing. Um, so the first one is a sensory breathing exercise. So that um, is just grounding you into the space that you're in that you can do anytime. So I'm just going to take you through it now. So really, you just start by focusing on literally being on the ground, feeling the ground, like um, your feet through the ground. So you can do it when you're sitting or when you're standing um, and literally feeling the ground supporting you. And then when you take your first breath, you can take a deep breath in. You can do it now and focus on something that you can see wherever you are in the room that you're in. Just take that time to focus on something that you can see. And then take another second, deep breath. Now focus on something that you can feel. So it could be, you know, something that you're touching, you know, your hands resting on the chair, or you can put your hands on your, uh, the top of your thighs. So that's usually grounding as well to have your hands on your thighs. Um, or another point of connection to have your hands on your um, gut area you're just kind of listening to your intuition or um, on your heart. So focusing on something that you can feel and taking a deep breath. And then on the third breath, name something that you can or focus on something that you can hear. And as I said earlier, a lot of times it, for me, it's the train, but um, anything that you can hear, if you can hear like sounds of nature or um, anything that's going on around you, uh, what can you hear? And then take a fourth breath and focus on something you can smell. I remember when um, I had COVID, one of the things, I didn't lose my taste, but I lost smell. And that was one of the strangest experiences I've ever had to lose my sense of smell. So now I'm even more grateful to be able to have that ability to be able to smell. So don't take anything for granted. And then take a fifth deep breath and focus on something that you can taste or that you like the taste of, like what your favorite thing is to eat or to have. And so you can do these five deep breaths to focus uh, your attention on your senses at any time. And so the next exercise is an infinity breathing exercise. So you can keep your eyes open or you can close your eyes. It's your preference. Um, I like to teach that you don't always have to have your eyes closed. It doesn't look a certain way. So you can do this eyes open, eyes closed. So basically um, you're going to be breathing in and out for five counts and you can do more or less. Um, it just depends on you know, your preference. You can do four, you can do five, just as long as it's an even number on both sides. So you're just gonna imagine what the infinity symbol looks like. So in your mind, imagine what the infinity symbol looks like and the loops, and then you're just going to start at the center point, start B at the center, and then you're going to go to the loop to the left and breathe in 
for five counts. So one, two, three, four, five. And then imagine that you're going to the loop to the other side. One, two, three, four, five. And you can keep continue doing this. And sometimes I do this um, if I'm having any trouble sleeping. It's actually better than counting sheep to me. So I um, imagine doing this like infinity breathing and it helps me with my sleep at night. But you can do that anytime to kind of bring yourself back to center. And um, something else I like to do, I try to do it daily, is to incorporate nature sounds. So listening to different sounds of nature. So I don't watch a whole lot of different TV shows and stuff like that, but I will put on the TV channel, like, so I'm not just sitting in silence, like all the time. I will put on, like, you can look at them on, or look for them on YouTube, um, nature sounds that have music and all of that, because that can be really grounding also. But I'll just put it on in the evening when I'm maybe working on, you know, some of my meditation stuff or I'm working on putting something together. So I'll just put nature music on in the background so you can kind of focus yourself um, and let that calm you. Um, as well as doing a nature visualization. So you can do guided meditations. So um, like I sometimes will take someone through a guided meditation of a place like you might you might be at the forest or it might be um, at the beach or something like that um, because again the mind thinks that you're actually there so it will take that feeling that you feel when you're on vacation and you can use that to calm yourself down um, and I actually learned this from the same uh, massage therapist that I mentioned earlier because this was back in my corporate days when I was working. I was so tense and my neck and shoulders were so tense, like she couldn't even do her job to give me the massage basically. So, um, and, I, and I just couldn't naturally relax for some reason. And so she said, you know, uh, where, where's your favorite place? Do you prefer beach or... Uh, like hiking and I was like beach all the way so like my Caribbean side beach all the way so um, she took me through this meditation and uh, experiencing like thinking about what the sun feels like like on your skin and like hearing the seagulls and all of those type things and you really feel like you do go there in your mind and that's another way to get yourself to relax. Um, and then lastly, the last one I'll mention is the body scan. So that's another way that you can ground into your body. I don't know if anyone's ever done a body scan before, but this is just another form of meditation um, that you can, it's just like it sounds, you're literally scanning your body. So you're going from your feet all the way up, or you can go from head down this is another thing that I do if I'm having a lot of thoughts like um, at night and you know, I'm trying to sleep and I'm thinking about, oh, what's happening the next day and what happened earlier and all these different things. Um, how can I use the uh, scanning the body to be able to you know, kind of calm my thoughts down? 
So you just start literally from the bottom of your feet. So like I said, I do this while I'm in bed or you could do it anytime. And you notice the sensations like, you know, when you're starting from your feet, you can do a little movement in your feet just to kind of like acknowledge your feet, you know, send gratitude, notice, notice if there's anything that any pains or other sensations that you have going on in your body. And then literally travel up your body. So go up through your thighs, go up, you know, through you know, your stomach area, your center, your heart, you know, just do check-ins as you're scanning your way up the body. So when you get to your head, there's a lot of tension that we keep in our face. <laughs> and so um, that I'm learning that even with the TMJ issue that I had, that a lot of people have it and develop it, but mine um, was due to a surgery, but a lot of people can um, develop it from stress-related issues um, because they clench their jaw. And I never really thought about it until now of how often you like are clenching your jaw during the day and not paying attention. Um, so just keeping that in mind has been helpful to, you know, starting from your forehead down. So, you know, some people get these like lines and things um, in their forehead. Hey, Julian. Um, we're talking about the body scan right now. So we are on the head. And so you can loosen, like just keep, keep that in mind to make sure you're loosening your forehead. And when you're going down to your eyes, sometimes I don't even notice, but it's like, I'm almost like squinting during the day. If you're like deep in thought or you're like, you know, stressed about something, you'll almost be squinting. So relax your eyes and, you know, that also will help you, you know, not to have lines and stuff like that later on. Um, and then, as I mentioned, when you get down to your jaw, like unclench your jaw and make sure your teeth are not touch touching. That was another thing that I didn't know was like a big thing. Um, but how you hold tension, like I said, in the face is like when your teeth are touching, you're actually creating tension in your jawline, which can uh, lead to TMJ and other issues. So just as you're going through scanning your body from the feet up, just try to loosen and relax and just being mindful throughout the day of like where you are carrying your tension. And so the O and uh, the soul meditation is for observe. So that is just observing any thoughts and emotions that are coming up for you. Um, and observing them, the most important thing is to observe them without judgment. So no matter, you know, what people might be saying or thinking, um, just make sure that you are not judging any of your thoughts. So emotions are normal. So like I mentioned earlier, even having anxiety to start with is, um, you know, a normal emotion. Having fear is a normal emotion because if we didn't have fear, the fear keeps you from, you know, walking in the street and potentially, you know, getting hurt or hit by a car or something like that. So fear, all of these different emotions, they're there for a reason. So you just need to observe um, why you have these emotions or you know, what do you do with that information? Basically, it's just information. Um, so if it's hindering you, then figure out you know, what you need to do to move on from there. Um, and then just know that 
the essence of you, the soul of you is the observer. So, you know, if you've ever had a thought of like, man, I shouldn't have done this, or I should have handled this differently. Like when you really think about it, who is the one saying I? So sometimes it's, you know, it's hard to comprehend, but you know, your brain has all these thoughts and you have emotions, but the essence of you is kind of separate from that. So when you kind of take a step back and just observe it and you're like, okay, I'm starting to have these anxious thoughts, like, you know, what can I do to bring myself down? What techniques can I use to, you know, get back into my body, focus on my senses, all of that. And then you'll start to be able to recognize, um, when you're starting to have these anxious thoughts and then you'll just kick in and start doing uh, some of these different techniques. Um, the U stands for using facts. So that's another thing that is helpful. So facts, like of course we have all these different thoughts that happen and anxiety is really about the future. So anxiety, whatever you're anxious about, a lot of times it doesn't even exist outside of your head. So it only exists in your mind. So using facts, things that are actually true, help you with your anxieties. So um, I'll tell you a story about last year, I was on a plane and there was having, uh, the plane was having some turbulence and I just started to internally panic because I was like, well, what if me and this person that I'm on the plane with, you know, like, what if the plane goes down? What if, what if, what if, like my, just my brain was just going all over the place. And then I was like, wait, okay. In this exact moment, am I safe right now? In this exact moment? Yes. Could something happen? Maybe, or something could not happen. I landed safely and guess what? I was all anxious for nothing. So that anxiety, all it does is produce all these different chemicals like in our body, but it's actually, um, you know, it, you get all this uh, anxiousness about something that may not actually happen. So if you focus on what is actually true in the moment, then that can kind of help you bring yourself down too. Um, and if you're anxious about, you know, something that someone has said or something that somebody thinks or what have you, just all these different things that can go on in life. But what I do is focus on what do you know to be true? So people have their perceptions of you or what they may say, or think or feel, and that is their perception. But what do you know about yourself to be true? So that has helped me in relationships as well, dealing with people. Um, and then affirmations that you can say to yourself about what's true. I am safe. Simple. I am safe. You can repeat that to yourself. Um, I live only in this moment. You don't live in the past. You don't live way down in the future. I live in this moment only. And I control my mind. My mind doesn't control me. So just kind of what I was talking about earlier I'm about being the observer. So it's like, I'm in control of me. I'm in control of my mind. It's not running me, basically. And then very last, the L stands for love and let go. So this goes back to, you know, having self-love and compassion for yourself. So don't be you know, mad at yourself for having different thoughts or handling certain things a certain way. Um, and then love and compassion for others, because you know that we're basically all just working out um, from what I've uh, heard from 
therapists as well. It's like, we're all like having this human experience. And a lot of us are still acting out a lot of childhood issues. So, you know, if you are kind of still working on some of your stuff, you will give other people grace um, for working out some of their stuff. Now, that's not an excuse. Like you still need to have your boundaries, which Friday I'll be talking about more boundaries. Um, but it kind of helps you to not get so wound up about some of the things that people do because you know that maybe they haven't done their work and they're still kind of like going through the human experience and not having basically done the work on themselves yet to um, you know, get to a more peaceful place. Um, and then you can also practice non-attachment. This is a big one. Uh, so I have this image on my phone that says connected to everything because we're connected to everyone, um, but attached to nothing. So you can't be so attached to every outcome and try to control every single thing um, and make sure nothing bad happens. Like that's not possible. Really, all you can do is focus on yourself and your perspective about things um, and the way that you handle things and handle yourself because you can't control outcomes and you can't control other people. Um, and then also focusing on the present moment. So I know Gabby, you mentioned you know, a book earlier. Another great book um, to focus on presence is A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. And there's also a podcast that goes through the chapters of his book. Oh my gosh, that book, just even listening to the podcast on it, changed my perspective about um, having anxious thoughts so much because the gist of what he talks about is basically all you have is now. As I mentioned earlier, the past doesn't exist anymore. It only is a memory in your mind. It's not actually happening right now. The future is not actually happening right now either. Yes, check it out. It's it's really good. Um, so basically, it's like when you have when you really think about it, you're like, wow, it's such a simple concept. And uh, he talks about when all these things you worry about for the future, but when they happen, they will be now. So you will make decisions and act on it in the now basically. And so for a perfect example, um, coming from an apartment to my house, I was so worried about, you know, like living in, you know, in, in my house alone and all of that stuff. And I was like, okay, what if someone breaks into my house? Like, what am I going to do? Like, what's going to happen I'm by myself, all this stuff. And that type of anxiety from something that may never happen could have kept me from buying my house because I didn't want to be in the house alone. Well, when you think about it, it's like, okay, if someone were to break in my house, I don't know if I'll be upstairs when it happens. Will I be downstairs? Where will I be? Like, you don't even know where you'll be or even if what will happen, you will have to act and know that you have prepared yourself as much in advance to deal with whatever challenge, but you can't spend so much time in your mind being anxious over it. So sometimes you have to be like, you know what? I will cross that bridge when it gets there with a lot of different situations. Like instead of just what if in yourself, like just to no end, you just be like, you know what? I've prepared as much as I can prepare just in life in general. And when 
whatever situation comes up, I'll deal with it when it comes up. And that has helped me a lot. So, and that observation came from Eckhart Tolle's book. So I definitely recommend that. Um, and again, just uh, as I just said about focusing on basically what can you control in a situation. And if it's something where it's not up to you, where someone else is in control, you need to release it and let it go. And so another example, like I said, I've got examples for days because, you know, I am my own <laughs> like person that I teach to. And so um, back when COVID had just started, my dad went to the hospital and I'm my dad's only child. And I'm always there. I was always there with him going to the hospital and everything. And um, he went, but I couldn't actually go with him. And so I just started immediately panicking when I found out I couldn't be at the hospital with him. I was like, oh my gosh, what, like, uh, who's going to talk to the doctors? How am I going to get the information? And da, 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 and why is this happening? And I wish I could go. What does that actually do me worrying about it? Does that actually change the fact that they had this rule that COVID existed? Me stressing about not being there did, was not going to change. Like, anything at all about that situation. So I took a step back and I was like, okay, what can I actually do? I can call the doctor and tell her to call me and call the nurses to tell them to call me before anything happens to communicate everything to me. That's all I can control in the situation. So I had to kind of take a step back and be like, okay, like you're having a moment, but you need to figure out what can you control in the moment. So um, those are just examples of, of things that I've done because just because you learn these techniques doesn't mean that you're never going to have an anxious moment ever again. Like all of a sudden meditation and yoga heals you from ever getting angry or ever having, you know, anxious thoughts or anything. No, it's basically tools that you have in your toolkit for when you experience these things, what you know, what, what can you use um, when you're having these challenges? Because we're all humans having a human experience. And sometimes I literally say to myself when things are happening and I'm just like, okay, this is part of it. And that's that acceptance piece is like, this is part of it. Having a human experience is, means that things are going to happen and everything is not going to be perfect. That's just part of it. And so once you accept that, I think a lot of people increase their own suffering because they want things to be different than they actually are. So don't spend time being like, oh, I wish it wasn't this. I wish it wasn't this. The quicker you accept that it is what it is and you're just at peace with it and you kind of move forward, then you can reduce your own suffering that you're causing on yourself. Because remember, as much as you're having these anxious thoughts and feelings, you're actually producing medical challenges in your own body. So it's important um, that you take care of yourself first because you can't take care of others if you're not well mentally as well as physically. So um, are there any of these techniques that you think you might try um, coming up? So. I went through the, so just having the um, sensory breathing exercise, the infinity breathing, 
nature sounds, the nature visual, visualization, the body scan, and all of them kind of follow under a bigger umbrella of um, meditation and affirmations. So I hope you try some of these and just to add to your toolkit. And then uh, I also want to talk a little bit about movement meditation. So you don't, as I, as I like to talk about, you don't have to just be, oh, uh, the name of the book, it's called, oh, well, actually, let me put it in the chat. So it is called New Earth. Okay. And it's by... Eckhart, and he was featured on uh, Oprah. Mm -hmm. Yes, body scan sounds great. Um, and I think uh, just to go through the body scan again uh, for you, Toyan, because I don't know if you were here for the beginning of that. It's just just like it sounds, like starting from your feet. And I was mentioning this earlier that I do it when it, sometimes if I have a lot of thoughts when I'm sleeping, it helps me. Um, to literally start from your feet and go up your body, just like it sounds. And you can do a little movement just to see, um, like kind of wiggle your feet and toes and like, are do I have any challenges? Am I feeling this kind of pins and needles feeling or am I sore anywhere? And just kind of like notice, um, you know, anything going on in your body and just as you're going up, scanning your body. And like, uh, I think you came in on this part, but when you get to your head, Make sure you are, you know, loosening everything in your, in your head as well. Um, and so I want to start a challenge next week. And so to challenge people to try movement meditation, because I want people to not just think like, because I met someone last week at a networking event. And she was like, oh, I tried meditation, but I have so much anxiety that I can't sit still. And I'm like, oh, you don't have to sit still. I know that's really hard for a lot of people. So I do not do meditation where I sit still every day, just on, just on a regular basis. I don't even you know, like doing it that way. So um, I do in the mornings, I call it like my rising stretching meditation. Um, so I do my meditation. I kind of go through these different thoughts and exercises while I'm doing my stretches in the morning. And so, and I just focus like what it's my morning meditation, but I, and I, I like to not always say morning because some people will have different schedules and they rise at different times. And so I say, it's like my rising stretching meditation, but I get up and I get out of the bed. Um, and when I get up, oh, another thing that I do too, um, is that, and, and you guys don't have kids, so I know that you, you can do this too, is that I do not look at my phone at all these days. Like I've been doing it for a while now, probably at least a year. I don't look at my phone until I eat breakfast because sometimes you get a message and it can just send your day into like a whole other Thing or an email and all of this stuff. I even did, did it like before I left corporate. So I have my phone available. I listen to podcasts. I just don't look at any of the text messages. I don't look at any missed phone calls. I don't look at anything else basically 
all I do is I get up and I, um, you know, I make my bed and then I will do my meditation and I'll be like, okay, what is my focus for today? And sometimes the, my meditation is better focused because I have a lot of projects going on. So sometimes I just say to myself, like, okay, today I want to have better focus. What do I want my day to be like? Of course, there are things that are going to happen, but just starting with that time to yourself every morning has been super helpful for me. Um, and then in the middle of the day, um, uh, as I mentioned, so at lunchtime, I stop and I listen to nature sounds and I kind of walk away from my computer because just because you're at home, you can still have anxiety being at home because you just don't even, you don't have those breaks that are done for you. Um, so I listen to my nature sounds and then I started a couple months ago, I started doing these sunset nature walks and um yes morning ritual before looking at my phone oh good good job gabby um and yes you're gonna add that to your toolkit Toyan. awesome so uh yeah i started doing walking meditations just to kind of take myself from my computer screen because even starting my own business i was just on the computer like all the time and so um day and night and so i was like you know what as the day is transitioning that was a good time for me to start doing my sunset walks. And so I was like, okay, if the day is transitioning, I need to be transitioning from work <laughs> to uh, evening time. And so to home life or whatever. And so I was like, I also need to have that balance um, for if I have a family in the future. I was like, I can't just literally be in my office all day. So I'm kind of practicing for that too. So educating people on walking meditation. And last week, somebody was like, does that literally mean like you're walking with your eyes closed? And I'm like, no, it is basically where you are literally stopping to smell the roses, where it's like you're um, not necessarily like, unless it's a guided meditation, but you're not just like zoned out listening to music or whatever. You're really focused on what, like enjoying the scenery that you're walking around. Like, what are the things that you're smelling? what are you hearing the sounds like if there's kids playing or you know dogs running around like I um like going to Memorial Park and you can just observe things and like actually be present in the moment instead of thinking about what you're going to eat later and all these other different things and future this and that like just take time to just be like literally just be and you'll notice that calms your system also and then at night, my nighttime ritual is to do shower meditation. So uh, that helps me decompress from the day. And that also helps me with my sleep because if you don't have some type of transition to kind of empty your thoughts, because the brain is gonna do what the brain is gonna do. Like it just is. It's gonna have a million thoughts coming at you. But I notice if I don't like listen to music or anything like that, and like in the shower, I kind of like envision whatever happened that day, whether it was like good or didn't go the way that I thought it was going to go. And I can just like release it in the shower and I can just be like, you know what, literally rinse your worries away. Tomorrow is going to be a new day. So shower meditation is something that I like to do also. Um, cooking meditation. So don't know if you knew that, but I've even heard people say it to me, not knowing, you know, like not thinking about it, what they were saying, but that cooking is a meditative 
experience for people? Like, are they, um, you know, it, I guess it can be very therapeutic. They use the word therapeutic and, and but um, I'm saying meditative, but they use therapeutic. So it can be for people if you're just focusing on like just being grateful for, you know, these ingredients and things that you're making and just pausing to just really think about, you know, what it is that you're doing, that you're making something to nourish yourself or you're making something for your family or whatever it is, um, just kind of having that mindfulness aspect to it, you know, while you're cooking. Um, and then yoga and different forms of yoga, by definition, yoga is movement meditation basically um another exercise that you can do that helps with or a, a yoga exercise that you can do that helps with meditation um, if you've been to a meditation class you might have done one that's called cat cow when you're on like twain has cats so <laughs> i'm thinking about her with this one but you're when basically you're like on all fours basically like a cat and you're like arching your back um you know like basically like a cat would and then you're going inward and that's supposed to be like the cow position so you can um that stretches like your back muscles and all of that but it does like help you with anxiety as well um I like to teach things that you could do anywhere that you could do in a chair. So you could do the chair version of cat cow basically by just holding on to the bottom of your chair and you know doing that stretch like stretching forward and then arching your back and doing and stretching back into that cat position also. So um, that is just like a simple uh, yoga exercise that you can do incorporate the cat cow. 